name. I pray clarity to receive your word in Jesus' name. Lord, with understanding that only you can give, I pray. Lord, you are worthy of my praise and of my worship, O oh God. I wonder if we could just worship him right now, if we could give him thanks and praise. God, I pray, be exalted, be lifted high in this place. I give of myself. God, I don't care how weak I may feel. I give of myself to you today. I don't care of the weights that I may have. I lift them up unto you today because I know that you carried the cross already, oh God. And I return them to you where they belong, not to be stayed on us tonight. To you be the glory and the praise, oh God. Be exalted, oh God. I love you and I magnify you today. Lord, I receive of your love tonight. I receive of your love tonight that casts out all fear. Of your love that brings perfect peace. I thank you for it, oh God. I praise you for it, oh God, for I am so undeserving. But you have made us worthy by your blood that washes over our lives. Lord, I thank you for your word that is truth. I thank you for your word that is a firm foundation. I thank you for your word that brings direction in every area of life. God, I give fully and completely because you gave your all for me. I worship you, Jesus. Receive into my spirit, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. What a privilege to be together again in the presence of the Lord. Privilege to lift our voice, call on the name above every name. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here tonight with you. Thank you for being here. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Amen. That's what David said. I want that to be in my spirit. I made this statement in passing Sunday, but it just sort of stayed with me. You know that place in scripture that said Jesus went to the synagogue as his custom was. There's some that are saying in this hour, ah, you know, I love the Lord. I have a relationship with him. I don't need to go to church. Even Jesus had a custom that he went to the house of the Lord every week. Uh, now we know going 
the routine of going to church doesn't save anybody. It's about a right relationship with God. But there is something about coming together. It is scriptural. And we are admonished in Hebrews to come together even so much the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. And so it's good to come together. I look forward to our time together. I'm as human as you are. There's some Thursdays where it's like, man, this day is long. And, uh, you know, and you can call me and say, hey, or you can text me and say, oh, you know, I'm just not going to make it tonight. I've entertained a few times sending out a group text. Hey, guys, I'm just not going to make it tonight. Good luck. Um, I have those days at work, too, sometimes. Today wasn't one of those. I'm not saying today was one of those. but uh, It's just good to be in the house of the Lord together. So thank you for being here. I, I do know what it is to be tired at the end of a day and still make the effort. And I believe that when you do that and you make that effort, the Spirit of the Lord will minister to you. The Spirit of the Lord will put strength in you and I. Uh, that's the way He works. And we can leave refreshed revived uh, you know we find in the gospels that Jesus after he resurrected and was being seen of the disciples there's one place where the disciples had got together and were hiding behind closed doors it says the doors were shut and locked Jesus showed up and walked through the doors and uh, literally passed through them into the room and uh he ministered to them, and the Scripture tells us he ministered peace to them. Well, they were in a state of turmoil. Christ had died, been buried, had resurrected, but some of them hadn't seen him yet, and they weren't sure what was going on. They were sort of wrestling with, man, is he really resurrected, or did somebody really steal his body, or what? And, man, our worlds, they watched the one they'd been following for three and a half years get beat and crucified. Are we next? And this, They're in a state of chaos and confusion and it's just a real world. Not sure what's going on. They're still coming together, but now they're meeting in locked doors. They're no longer out in public, two by two, walking. They're hiding behind. And Jesus passes into the room. And what they needed was peace. And the Scripture tells us he ministered peace to them. But that passage of Scripture also says, and Thomas was not there. See, sometimes the very thing you need, you miss if you're not there. And so it's good to come together. I'm not going to talk about coming to the house of the Lord tonight, but I just, I'm glad you're here. And in case you ever wonder if there's scripture for it, I think we could. So we're glad you're here tonight. I pray that you be strengthened in the Lord and his word would minister to us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, a couple of things before I forget while you're standing uh, this Friday night. That's tomorrow. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, tomorrow night at 730, uh, there will be multiple congregations, people gathering together in Union Gap at the Life Church location there on Main. 730, uh, time of worship, prayer, praise, and ministry. Brother Travis Miller will be ministering. And uh, I'm just believing the Holy Ghost for what he wants to do. Amen. So uh, 
unless you have something pressing and far more important, I'd love to be there with you. So I'm going to be there. But uh, tomorrow night at 730, and uh, we'll just believe the Lord for what he'll do as we come together there. Amen? Obviously, we'll be here Sunday morning at 930. Uh, Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, October the 4th, 5th, and 6th, we will start off the month together uh, with three days of focused prayer and fasting, um, setting aside time to uh, dedicate, consecrate, wait on the Lord together. And so mark your calendars, October the 4th, 5th, and 6th. Amen? Praise God. Um, After you greet somebody, you can be seated. (laughs) Now don't greet 20 somebodies. Amen. Praise God. there where you're sitting, would you one more time, would you lift your voice with me to him? Could we honor him and ask him to minister to us tonight by his great grace? Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege of coming together. Thank you for the precious people of God, for every life that is here tonight, whether in person or joining us online. I pray that your spirit Your anointing would minister. We can do nothing without you, Lord Jesus. I pray an anointing upon our ears, an anointing upon these lips of clay. I pray the declared word of God find its place in our hearts tonight. Let spiritual blindness and deafness in any form be removed and let there be clarity of the Holy Ghost. Let us to receive that which you would impart in the name of Jesus, I pray. We worship you and we thank you tonight. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Praise God. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 35. We spoke on Sunday, and I was not intending to continue a thought, if you will, but as the Lord began dealing with me and me studying this, I realized how it continued from Sunday. I didn't go in with that mindset, but the more I started realizing, okay, the Holy Ghost is doing something here. Um, Obviously, Sunday we talked about the wilderness and the working of the wilderness and the season of the wilderness, and we We find there, just hold your hand in Isaiah 35, we'll read in a second. But we find the place where we read in the Old Testament that, of course, the Lord had delivered Israel, the Passover from Egypt, the blood on the doorpost. He brought the children of Israel out to take them to a promised land. But he led them into the wilderness. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through all of that again. 
But he led them into the wilderness, and we talked about what the wilderness was supposed to do. He was going to prove them there. He was going to find out what was in their heart there. And we found the children of Israel, after they'd been delivered from Egypt and bondage, and representative of sin, right? Delivered from bondage in Egypt by the blood of the Lamb and the Passover, They had been delivered, but then they're in the wilderness, and they begin to cry out, I would to God we were back in Egypt. So foolish from our vantage point. But as we shared, the Lord was not only getting them out of Egypt, the wilderness, he had to get Egypt out of them. They had been in Egypt, their generations, for 400 years. They had taken on... Some of the ways of Egypt, no doubt. Customs, probably, they had begun to take on. And, and uh, the Lord brought them out. And so then he had to get Egypt out of them and establish his way in their life. They didn't have the tabernacle before the wilderness. They didn't have, at that time, they didn't have the law before the wilderness. Now, I understand we're not under the law anymore, thanks be to God. But those things were given them in the wilderness, a pattern for approaching God, a way to live in relationship with God. All of that came in the wilderness. You with me? And his plan was, as we talked about, to lead them out of the wilderness. But the challenge was obedience. They didn't want to obey. They they went after other gods. They did these things contrary to his will, even though he was showing them a way out, leading them to promise. And the scripture tells us that many died in the wilderness as a result. But there is a way that he has ordained out of the wilderness. We're going to be talking about that tonight. Isaiah chapter 35. I wasn't searching the wilderness when this came up. I noticed you can't miss the first two words there. And we talked about Jesus being led of the Spirit into the wilderness. The Greek word there in the New Testament was lonely, solitary, desolate. A place without the assistance of friends or others. And here we find the prophet Isaiah, this is prophetic. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon Watch, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. Stay with me. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, that can happen in the wilderness, be strong, fear not, behold, Your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. 
Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart or a deer. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For, watch. For in the wilderness shall waters break out. And streams in the desert. Now Isaiah is prophesying to the children of Israel. He's prophesying of the coming Christ. And the parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Now watch, notice verse 8. And an highway shall be there. Everybody say, a highway shall be there. That sounds like something you want to be on. A way of travel, a way of movement from one place to another. And a highway shall be there and a way. Watch. And it shall be called the way of holiness. Would you say that with me? The way of holiness. You want to know how to navigate the wilderness and how to come out of the wilderness? We must find and walk in the way of holiness. You want to know what's going to cause pools of water in parched lands? When you and I find and walk in the way of holiness. You want to find out what's going to cause the weak hands and the feeble knees to be strengthened? You'll find it when you and I begin walking in the way of holiness. Watch. Highway shall be there in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. He's talking about the way of holiness. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I want to teach tonight. And we're probably just going to scratch the surface, and that's an understatement, on the way of holiness. There is a way. It's what all of the law and the tabernacle and statutes of the Lord given them in the wilderness was about. It was about teaching them the way of holiness. But the children of Israel 
were more interested in the ways of Egypt than the way of holiness. And so they died in the wilderness rather than finding the way out, which was the way of holiness. Hebrews chapter number 12. Why is this so important? Hebrews 12, verse 12. This may sound familiar because it is the writer of Hebrews pointing back and referencing Isaiah 35 and 3. Notice his choice of words. Wherefore, Isaiah said, strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. The writer of Hebrews said, wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Verse 13. And watch. Make straight paths for your feet. Everybody say straight paths. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of what? The way. The writer of Hebrews is talking about a way. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Rather than just accept this place of lameness, right, in Isaiah, we read, the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, the lame man will leap as a deer or a heart. You see where the writer of Hebrews is? He's pointing back. He's drawing the attention of the Hebrews back to what Isaiah prophesied. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Verse 14, follow peace with all men and what? Follow peace with all men, follow holiness. That's what he's saying. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness matters. You don't think it matters, read that verse again. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You want to see the Lord? You and I will never see him without holiness. Now the deception for people is they feel him. And they are content to feel him. I am not content to feel him. I want to see him. I want to see him. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Don't be deceived by feeling alone. If you and I are going to see the Lord, we will find and walk in the way of holiness. Right? So let's take a little time, and that was just foundation. Let's take a little time and start scratching the surface on this way of holiness, okay? The word holiness in Isaiah 35, and, and, and please bear with me. We need the Holy Ghost to put this in our spirit. Right? We need the Holy Ghost to mark our hearts with his word. This matters. This is the way out of the wilderness. Okay? I don't want to die in the wilderness. When I go through a wilderness, I don't want to die there. I want to know the way. 
the scripture says that the way is holiness. All right? Holiness, the word there in Isaiah, the Hebrew word kodesh, and I'm probably saying that totally wrong, but it's a Hebrew word. It means apartness. That's not a word we used to. I didn't say apartment. Apartness, being apart. It means sacredness or separateness. It is to be apart from something, to be, to hold something sacred, to separate holiness. It is apartness, sacredness, and separateness of God, of places, and of things. Holiness will affect every part of my life and yours. It will bring a sacredness to some things. It will bring an apartness and a separation from some things. This is the result of holiness. I didn't say, ho- I didn't say we do it to show we're holy. This is a result of holiness. When I am in relationship with God, when I am filled with His Spirit, baptized with the Holy Ghost, the indwelling Spirit of God, and I choose and seek to be led in the way by the Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit, it will lead me apart from some things. It will create some things in my life that become sacred to me. It will separate me from some things that maybe I walked close to and close with. Holiness is sacredness, apartness, separateness. The Lord brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. If he had wanted to save them in Egypt, he could have. But he wanted holiness unto the Lord. And so he brought them out of bondage, out of Egypt, out of sin, out of a lifestyle filled with false gods, out of this world that they knew their whole life long, and took them into a wilderness so he could take them further to a promised land. And it started with coming out of a world they'd lived their whole lives in. He had to separate them from Egypt. He had to set them apart. This is why the Red Sea destroyed all of the Egyptians that day. It's why the Lord said you will never see their face again because it was the design and the desire of God that when he brought them out, they would never go back. Now some made the choice. But it wasn't his plan. It's the reason why the waters of baptism in Jesus' name wash away all of our sins. It destroys that which once had hold on us. The same way the Red Sea destroyed the Egyptian army, which once held the Israelites captive and in bondage. But they could no longer. When you and I get the revelation and go through the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and the blood is applied to our life, That which held us in bondage can hold us in bondage no longer unless we go back. And so it is apartness, sacredness, separateness. In Hebrews 12 where we read the word holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That word there in the Greek is consecration and purification. 
consecration and purification. The word consecration means a solemn dedication, not a casual acquaintance. A solemn dedication to a special purpose or service. It literally means, the word consecration literally means association with the sacred. The Spirit of the Lord, through the writer of Hebrews, said, if you don't have solemn dedication to the special purpose and service of the Lord, if you are not associated with sacredness, you'll not see the Lord. Consecration and purification. The effect of consecration, this is still that Greek word, holiness in Hebrews, it is the effect of consecration. So consecration is a part of holiness, but that consecration produces something further. When I choose to be consecrated, when I choose to live in solemn dedication to a special purpose or service, when I choose to be associated with the sacred, it begins to produce something further in my life. That consecration does something in me. By the working of his spirit. It brings about, this is all encapsulated in that word holiness in Hebrews. It brings about a sanctification of heart and life. That's the word that was used. It brings about a sanctification of heart, that's how we think, and our life. The state of being, what is sanctification? It is the state of being purified or made holy. It is conforming of the heart and the life to the will of God. Conforming of the heart and the life to the will of God. That's holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. That could literally say this way and not change the meaning at all. Without consecration, a solemn dedication to the purpose of God, without association with the sacred and without a sanctified heart and life that has been purified and made holy and conformed in heart and life to the will of God, no man or woman will see God. Holiness, the way of holiness. Now, I want to go back to Isaiah 35. And again, remember tonight, we're only going to scratch the surface. But we're talking about a way out of the wilderness, a way that we should walk in the wilderness. We touched on Sunday about those things of learning to stay in the word in the wilderness, learning to worship in the wilderness, learning to get a word from God, the rhema in the wilderness. And now we're, tonight we're talking about how do we walk? What's the path we walk on in the wilderness? The Word tells us. We don't have to try to shoot in the dark and hope we figure it out. It's the way of holiness. It's consecration to the Lord. And if you don't think being in the wilderness won't try your consecration to God, you haven't been in much of a wilderness yet. Your humanity and mine in a wilderness place, if we're not careful, we'll give up that which is holy. And just seek to entertain our flesh. To take our mind off of the wilderness. The Israelites said, I wish we had quail. God was giving them manna every day. 
They were wanting something else. Moses goes to the mountain with God. He comes back down there dancing naked around a golden calf they made out of earrings. And Aaron has the audacity to say, we threw all the gold in there and this calf came out of the fire. Really? How did that happen so quickly? They were in the wilderness. And rather than remaining consecrated to the God that brought them out of the wilderness, rather than remaining sanctified in their heart and relationship and life towards God and keeping their lifestyle pure, I'll tell you where that calf came from. They'd seen something like that back in Egypt. Egypt had all kinds of gods. And they thought, well, they had something. We'll build something. They got this idea from Egypt. This idea of being naked and dancing around and music. They didn't get that from God. They got that from Egypt. And they were in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, rather than wait on God, they determined, well, you know what? Let's create something. We'll develop our own little lifestyle here. And we'll draw on our experience from Egypt. And the Lord was trying to use the wilderness to take Egypt out of them. Separateness. Apartness. Sacredness. Your wilderness has a purpose, has a purpose in my life. But I better learn in the wilderness. The way of holiness is what brings water in a dry land. The way of holiness is what heals the lame. The way of holiness is what removes blindness from the eyes. The way of holiness is what removes deafness from the ears. The way of holiness is what strengthens the hand. I need to learn to live and walk in the way of holiness. Being set apart unto God. Consecrated to God. Separated from the world. I'm not looking back to Egypt. For how I navigate my wilderness. It's the danger. It will cause you to die in the wilderness. The way is holiness. Now I want you to look. There are, there may be more, but this is what I got. When I read through here, there are seven things we see about this way of holiness in Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, we'll we'll start with verse 8, so you can see it with me there again. Notice the first thing. The unclean shall not pass over it. So if I want to walk in this way, I've got to be clean. The unclean won't pass over it. That word unclean there, the Hebrew translation is impure. Whether ethically, religiously, or ritually. Or unclean and impure, speaking of places where people would be. Hear me, when the Lord brings us out of Egypt, out of sin, He doesn't intend for us to go back to the places He brought us out of to connect with old friends. There can be unclean places we shouldn't visit anymore. Now, somebody could say, well, man, all my friends are at the bar. I'm going to go back there and rescue them. Well, that's probably not wise. 
Now, that's a very broad example. My home, if I don't keep my home sacred, set apart, separated, consecrated, sanctified, a home can be an unclean place. A room in a home can be an unclean place. Unclean spoke of ethics, religion, not in terms of religious tradition, but in relationship with God. Ritual and of places. The unclean shall not pass over the way of holiness. We're talking about what the Lord can do in your life in the wilderness but the way to walk in the wilderness. The adversary is going to try to get people to go back to unclean things. But we need to know part of walking the way of holiness is not going back to that which is unclean in my wilderness. Now, second thing, notice. It shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Now, it's not saying everybody's a fool. But what Isaiah is prophesying and telling us here is even a fool, if he's walking in the way of holiness, won't err. Even somebody that's foolish, if they learn to walk in the way of holiness, being set apart unto God, sacred unto God, consecrated and sanctified. I don't think they'd be a fool very long if they did that. But even a fool, if they did that, wouldn't err in the way of holiness. There's something that happens when I don't know what to do, but I make a commitment to a way. I make a commitment. I may not understand it, but I'm going to walk in holiness. I may not have all the answers, but I'm going to live in holiness. I'm going to make a commitment to being separate. I'm going to make a commitment to being set apart. I'm going to make a commitment to being consecrated to God. I may not have it all figured out. I probably know less than the next guy. But I know if I walk this way, something changes in the wilderness. I know if I'll stay in this path, this way called holiness, it does something in my life and things will begin to change. I may make mistakes along the way, but the more I learn to walk in the way of holiness, the scripture promises me, even then a fool wouldn't err when they get in the way of holiness. See, we underestimate the power of a separated life unto God. The world we live in today would say, well, that's old-fashioned. And what happens is the adversary gets us to look and compare. Well, you know, they feel the Spirit of God. Remember, it's not feeling. I want to walk in a way that lets me see the Lord. It's a way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But if we're walking in it, we shall not err. The way of holiness, hear me tonight. The way of holiness keeps us from error. It keeps us from error. How many of you have fallen to your flesh in living for God? Oh, good, we're all human. All right. So, turn on. Um, If we are honest with ourselves, we would acknowledge that when I fell to my flesh, 
I was not walking in the way of holiness. I stepped into something that I wouldn't stay and set apart. I stepped into something where I gave up some consecration and dedication. I stepped into something where, you with me? I stepped out of the way of holiness. But the scripture says that if I'm walking in the way of holiness, it will keep me from error. Don't underestimate your decision to live a separated from the world life. It'll keep you from falling. You won't keep yourself from falling. It's your consecration to him. He'll keep you and I from falling. Okay? Now we understand this is not works of the flesh or works of men. This is us. This is why we started with what holiness is, consecration, sanctification, set apart, separated, and thereby we can follow after the Spirit of God and walk in this way. Now watch, third thing, verse 9. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. Isn't that interesting? Now, before I started studying this in the last couple of days, I'd never thought about lion or ravenous beasts. At least not in this context in any way. But there's something. These are benefits of the way of holiness. See, some people talk about holiness and, oh, man, I can't do this and I can't do that. That's why I don't want to live for God. You can't do this and you can't do that. Are you kidding me? I can't get drunk and have hangovers anymore in the morning and puke my guts out in a toilet bowl. Right. I can't wake up the next day and wonder how I got where I'm at and here I am. And what did I do between the time I forgot where I was and where I... And I know many of you can relate to that. Sometimes we need to remember where he brought us from. Not for guilt and shame, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Would you just thank him with me right now? Thank you, Jesus. You saw me where I was and you loved me still, but you rescued me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need to understand there are benefits to this way of holiness. We're in a time where more than ever it's coming under attack. Oh, is really all that separation necessary? Why do you, you know, why this, why that, why this, why that? It's about being set apart to him. Not just apart to be apart, apart unto him. You've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. When I married my wife, I chose to be set apart from other ladies. You're saying there's something wrong with all those other ladies? Not all of them. Sorry, that didn't come out the way I did. Thank you, Jesus. But I was choosing to be set apart from them to be committed, consecrated to my wife. Solemn, sacred. I'll say this, husbands and wives. The bed becomes sacred and undefiled. The scripture talks about that. I said this the other day, but I'm going to say it again because it's been turning in my spirit and I haven't taught it, but I probably got about... A few pages of notes. Fornication is still sin. 
intimate relationships outside of marriage are still sin. Plain and simple. It's a violation of the word of God. And the Bible calls it a sin, unlike the others, fornication is a sin against the body. And when you read that in context, it's not just the individual's body. It's the body of Christ that people were a part of that thought nothing of fornication and stealing. He was writing it to the church. There were people in the church in Corinth that had this idea that it was. And you know where they got that? Here we are. This is not in the notes. You know where the people in Corinth got that idea that it was okay? The church. Because it's what all the Corinthians did. They didn't get it from God. They got it from the world. Well, in the world, you know, people, this is an old term, shack up together. That's just what came into my mind. Live this way, hook up together, you know. Ah, you know, it's still sin. There's a way of holiness. It's a separation unto. You want to do a Bible study? Do a Bible study on the word fornication. Dig into the scripture because it's not, it it speaks of a natural thing, but it also speaks of a spiritual thing. And we begin to see the spiritual results of that and what it does to the body. The, The implication there is that when I engage in it spiritually, I am no longer being faithful to he who is my husband. way of holiness let's go back here the way of holiness now before i I know i read that about lying and ravenous beasts but i want to go to this this verse before we do we're talking about shall not err shall not err i want to go back just a second hebrews 3 chapter or hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 hebrews 3 and 7 watch notice this reference you're going to catch these references wherefore as the holy ghost says Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Everybody say, harden not your hearts. Now, the writer of Hebrews gives us an example of someone hardening their heart when he asks us not to. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation where? In the wilderness. He's talking about the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt. If you read this whole chapter, you'd see this context. And he says to us, go back to verse 7 if you can, Brother Jerry. As the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is telling you, is what he's saying. As the Holy Ghost is telling you, if you'll hear his voice. Now verse 8, don't harden your hearts like the provocation, like they did in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Verse 9. When your fathers tempted me, the Lord said, proved me and saw my works. Forty years in the wilderness. Verse 10. Here's what the Lord said about their actions. I was grieved with that generation. And I said, they do always what? The scripture declares they were not walking in the way of holiness. Because the prophetic word of God said, if you walk in the way of holiness, you shall not err. 
Why did they harden their hearts and tempt the Lord? And why was he grieved? They were always erring in their heart. It revealed he knew they weren't walking in the way he'd established for them to walk. Walking in the principles, the statutes, the commandments of God in pleasing upright relate. They weren't walking in sanctification and consecration. Oh, they may have looked some stuff on the outside. But in their heart, they were always erring. And watch what he said. They have not known my ways. We're talking about a way of hope. So watch what he said. So I swear in my wrath, in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. You see that? For the children of Israel, they didn't enter into the promised land. They died in the wilderness. They always erred in their hearts. But we read, if you're in the way of holiness... Even though you're a fool, you wouldn't err therein. I'm telling you, there are benefits to walking the way of holiness. It's not about a look. It's not about a checklist. It's about a relationship that's pleasing to God. And it brings benefits in the lives of a child of God. It's the way of holiness. Now watch. Okay, so let's go back to the number three, verse nine. In Isaiah 35. I'm jumping all over the place, Brother Jerry. Thank you for being so awesome back there. Sister Mina, tell your husband he's awesome. There you go. Amen. All right. You guys chuckle like that was sort of a sad face here. Jerry's like. All right. Verse 9. No lion shall be there, nor ravenous beasts shall go thereon. You see what that's saying? No lion, no ravenous beast. When I read that, here's what I hear. If I'm walking in the way of holiness, I am protected from the devourer. That which tried to destroy me can't do so when I'm walking in the way of holiness. There is a benefit to a lifestyle of holiness that puts barriers that the adversary of our soul cannot come against. Job, the Bible says, when Satan came before the Lord, Satan said, does he serve you for naught? You've got a hedge around him. Read it in Job chapter 1. And the Lord didn't deny that he had a hedge around him. And the Lord said, fine, I'll remove the hedge. And he removed the hedge from Job. And the adversary still tried to destroy him. But in all of this, the Bible says, Job sinned not. Why? I'll tell you why. Job said, I, you read it in the scripture. He feared God and he eschewed evil. In plain English, he loved God and he hated evil. He had chosen, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care when I'm in the wilderness where it looks like I've lost everything and I'm just hanging on by a thread and i got boils all over my body. 
Naked I came into this world, naked shall I go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What is that? That's the declaration of a man that's saying, I'm consecrated, I'm sanctified, I'm set apart to the Lord, come what may. I'm staying in the way of holiness. And even then, he couldn't be destroyed. Even when God removed the hedge, because he had a hedge he'd built. It was a love of God and a hatred of evil. No lion will be there. There is protection that comes from the devourer. That word lion or ravenous beast is a lion, a violent one, one that breaks through or breaks in, a robber and a murderer. It's the, that's the Hebrew word that Isaiah used there. They won't be in the way of holiness. When you and I walk in holiness, separated and consecrated to God, there are protections that come upon our life that don't come any other way. Don't be deceived for a moment to look and say, well, they don't live separated and sanctified, but they still seem to have the Spirit of God working in their life. may be true, but they don't reap the benefits that are found only for those that walk in the way of holiness. I'm not condemning, you understand. I pray by the grace of God that all would come and begin to walk in the way of holiness. This is the design and the desire of God. It's what brings pools of water in a parched land. It's what causes the feeble knees to be strengthened. It's what causes the lame to walk and the blind to see. We see it prophesied in the word. But the way is holiness. say this also about no lion or ravenous beast being there you know a lion and a ravenous beast obviously ravenous we we know the bird raven scavengers 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 won't be there because food's not plenteous for them there so oftentimes the way of holiness can be a way of sacrifice. There's not abundance and plenty always. And so the lion and the ravenous beast doesn't come by. I think it was Job that even said, no lion's whelp, and I can't remember the bird that he named, doesn't walk or go there. What is it? It's a way of sacrifice. There's nothing available there to get just easily that somebody else has destroyed. It's a way of sacrifice. The way of holiness at times will be a way of sacrifice for you and I. But there are so many benefits. Let's hurry along. Still in chapter or in verse 9. Watch. It shall not be found there, but I love this part. The redeemed shall walk there. Notice it didn't say the redeemed shall hide there doesn't say the redeemed shall run for their lives there. Catch that? The redeemed shall walk there. To be redeemed, the word that's used there, it's to redeem people from death. It was used specifically of individuals in Israel being brought out of Egyptian bondage. Is the other place in Scripture where we find this word redeemed being used. And the other time we find redeemed in this way in the Hebrew being used is when Israel was brought out of exile from Babylon. 
the redeemed are those that have been brought out of bondage. When we understand what we've been brought out of, we don't think twice about walking in the way of holiness. Go kicking and screaming. I don't want to be separated. I want to enjoy Egypt. Do you understand what you were in in Egypt? I want to walk in the way of holiness. Watch. To walk there is to depart depart from. That doesn't sound like walking, but that's what the word that was used here. To depart from, to proceed, to move, to go away. And here's what's interesting. To die and to live. That's what the word walk there means. To die and to live. Now, that's almost contrarian, isn't it? What in the world to die? Well, what happens? I died to the old man. I died to the ways of Egypt. I now live in the way of holiness. To walk there literally means a manner of life. The word walk literally translates a manner of life. The redeemed shall have a manner of life there in the way of holiness. Consider 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 15 and 16. Watch this. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. How? In some manner. In the manner that feels good to you. In the manner that aligns with the way you think. No, no, no. Peter said, as the one that's called us is holy, we should be holy, separated, set apart, sacred. In all manner of conversation. That word conversation there doesn't mean conversation like let's sit down and have a conversation. That word conversation there means lifestyle. As he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of lifestyle. Oh, you know, when I'm home by myself, what I do then doesn't really matter. Right. I'm just going to jump off the way of holiness when nobody's looking. They do always err in their heart. There's protections in the way of holiness. You know the word that's used most often with holiness? Or not most often, but quite often. I don't know if it's most often. Beauty. The first declaration we find is worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. His holiness is beautiful. It doesn't look like, act like, sound like, think like the world. When you and I worship him in the beauty of holiness, it's the beauty of being set apart to him. It's the beauty of being separated unto him. It's the beauty of having a sacred life consecrated and sanctified with him. That's the beauty of holiness. To walk there. Oh, we're verse 15. Verse 16. Be holy in all manner of conversation. Why? Because it is written, be ye holy, 
for I am holy. Amen? The word holy that Peter used there is sacred. Physically, in these manners. Physically, pure, morally blameless, and consecrated. Pure, sinless, and upright. Now, I hear and read all those things, and I'm like, And you're right. And I can't. None of us can. But the indwelling spirit of God, when we're baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we choose, am I going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in my life, or am I going to follow the leading of my flesh? Am I going to do that which the Holy Ghost would lead me in, which will be the way of holiness? Or am I going to walk in the way of my choosing? When I choose to walk where the Spirit leads, I'm walking in holiness, I promise you. Well, you know, I see what, what's happened is in my lifetime I've witnessed we've made holiness outward. And it is outward. Don't misunderstand me. What's holy on the inside will show up on the outside. Amen? Somebody's not going to get filled with the Holy Ghost and then their mouth sound like a sailor when they talk. Okay? What comes on the inside is going to affect the outside. Why is it people look and go, man, something's changed. You look different. It's because you got hair now. No, no. There, there may definitely be physical attributes that change. There definitely will. But it's a result of an inward work. It's the way of holiness. Right? Fifth thing. I'm hurrying to finish. I'm hurrying here. Fifth thing. Verse number whatever. Back to Isaiah 35. And verse number 10. Okay, we're on the last verse. Verse 10. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting. These are the results, the benefits of the way of holiness. Ransomed, to ransom, to redeem, to rescue, to deliver. That's us. They shall return. That return doesn't mean go back to the world. Okay? Return means to return, to turn back. Again, not to Egypt but back to the right relationship with God that was broken in the beginning. The ransomed will turn back. How? They'll find the way of holiness, and a right relationship that was broken in the garden will be restored. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we begin following the leading of the Spirit of God, there is a restoration of fellowship with God as intended. Right relationship that comes. I no longer have a desire to go back to the world. Now, what happens, the scripture says, the ransom of the Lord return and they come to Zion, Zion's type and shadow of the church, with songs and everlasting joy. May not be out of the wilderness yet, but things are turning. I'm on the way of holiness. 
And I may still be in the wilderness, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm water's starting to bubble up over here. And I'm, there's a pool that's starting to form around my feet. And I'm just going to keep walking in this way. And I, I've got a song coming back into my spirit that wasn't there before. And I may not be where he's taking me, but I'm going to see the Lord. And I'm keeping my feet on this path. I'm walking in this way. And there starts to come a song where there wasn't one before. And it's a song, the scripture says, with everlasting joy. That word song, there is a ringing cry of entreaty of of supplication of proclamation of joy and of praise you know what happens people children of God we say I'm going I'm to walk in this way and then something allures us in the world and we, we turn back and we go on this roller coaster of emotions and there's no joy No song in our heart. Why? It's almost always an indicator. I've stepped away from living and walking in the way of holiness. Doesn't mean life doesn't have ups and downs. You understand. But I find joy and song in the way of holiness. Doesn't mean everything's a bowl of cherries. But I find a song there. If I'll stay in the way. I'm telling you, if you'll stay in the way, things are going to change. If you'll stay in the way, water will start coming in the dry place. If you'll stay in the way, lame will be healed. Don't turn out of the way, he said. Rather, let the lame things be healed. Someone say, man, I'm lame. There's just no use anymore. The word of the Lord said, no, don't turn out of the way. Stay and let it be healed. It's the way of holiness. Watch. Two more. They shall obtain. Everybody say obtain. You say, man, I just want some joy and gladness in my heart. When you stay and I stay in the way of holiness. Separateness, apartness, sacredness, consecration, sanctification. I may not have it the moment I start walking in it. But when I purpose to stay in the way of holiness, the word promises me. They shall obtain joy and gladness. It's in the word. Obtain, to reach, to overtake, to take hold on, to cause to reach, to be able to secure, to have enough. How do you find it? See, the deception of the adversary is, says, you know why you're not... The adversary never uses the word joy. The adversary uses the word happy. You know why you're not happy. This would make you happy. Happy is temporary. Joy is eternal. The Lord gives joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. There's a song we used to sing when I was younger. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. It's found in the way of holiness. This is the word of God. You obtain joy and gladness. Amen. Talking about getting out of the wilderness. Then finally. And sorrow and sighing. Shall flee away. Would you stand with me tonight? Now, again, 
tonight we just scratch the surface. This is the way of holiness. What's beautiful to me is in my Bible, I don't know what it says in yours, you know how you have like little headings at the top of chapters. For Isaiah 35, it says, the joyful flourishing of Christ's kingdom. The joyful flourishing of Christ's kingdom. It's found in the way of holiness. Sorrow and sighing flee away. Sorrow and sighing with grief. Sorrow. Anguish. Groaning. An expression of grief or physical distress. It will take flight. It will depart. It will disappear. That's what the word of God says. All of these things are a product and a promise from the word of God. When we choose to walk in the way of holiness. Here's how the adversary would like us to live. One foot in Egypt. One foot in the church. Lifestyle serving Egypt. Lifestyle living for God. Partially committed to God. Entertained and fellowshipping Egypt. If I lived with my wife that way, she would not still be my wife. There's a way of holiness. It's a beautiful way. It's the right way. It's the way that leads out of the wilderness. It's the way that makes it possible to overcome in the wilderness. It's the way that leads to seeing the Lord. Would you talk with him with me tonight? Jesus, your way. Jesus, your way. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Lead us in this way. Lead us in this way. Illuminate to us this way. Where your spirit has pricked our hearts tonight, lead us in this way. I'm opening this altar to you tonight. Maybe you'd like to talk to the Lord about the way of holiness. Maybe you'd like to spend some time in communion with him tonight. Would you find a place of prayer? It's just still early. It's still just a couple minutes after eight. I hope you're not staring. Would you find a place of communion with him and let him bring you and I into this place of beauty, of holiness, and let him continue to guide our feet and deal with our heart. Lord, I I want your spirit and your word examining my heart. I don't want it to be said, as you said in the word of the Israelites, that they do always err in their heart. I want to, by your grace, walk in this way of holiness. I want to live and abide there, Lord. I need the strength that comes from you to do so. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you need to turn your seat into an altar, would you do that? Again, this altar's open. I'm not trying to press you, but I want to make sure you don't just pass by. 
But you let the Lord seal his word in your heart and your spirit. You let the Lord illuminate to you and I areas where maybe I've been tempted to or strayed from the way of holiness. Maybe there's a recommitment, a reconsecration, a rededication in some areas of my life where I've gotten casual or careless or entertained Egypt again and the Lord tonight is saying hey you want some help in your wilderness you got to get back on the only way the way of holiness separation unto God apartness unto God consecration and sanctification by his spirit and by his word I want to live and walk in the way of holiness I want my white lifestyle to be a way of holiness Jesus, I can't do it in my own ability. I don't want to be a Pharisee that looks good on the outside, says all the right stuff, does the right stuff, but in my heart there's a different way that's always erring. God, search my heart. Examine my heart, God. I want to walk in the way of holiness. In relationship with you, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, it's a beautiful way. It's a right way. It's a way in a wilderness. And it's the way that he is ordained. It's the way he is destined. It's the way to be sure I don't die in the wilderness. The way of holiness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It is the love of God that is beckoning us to walk in this way. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. Scripture says there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is the way of death. My way may seem right. His way is right. His way is right. And his way is always a way of holiness. Always. You ever heard someone say they just lost their way? You ever heard that before? You see somebody and it's like, man, how did they end up there? Somebody might say, well, they just lost their way. I've watched in my life. The adversary won't come and say, hey, you know what? You're walking on the way of holiness. Why don't I get you to jump off all the way over here into the way of Egypt? The adversary will say, Let, come on, why don't you just veer a little bit? Compromise here a little bit. Do you really need to be that separated? Maybe it's okay to connect here. Is there really any harm in entertaining Egypt here and there? And moving away little by little, little by little, and a little leaven leaveneth the whole lot. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You can spin those words any way you want to. But the word of God means exactly what it says. He is coming back for a people that have been set apart unto him. A bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. We're not going to make ourselves that way. Right? This isn't about me get every rule right, cross every T, dot every I. That's Pharisee, being Pharisee. It's about obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. And then as the Holy Ghost begins to deal with my heart and convict me, and we're going to go further in the Word. We just, like I said, we just scratched the surface tonight. We go further in the Word. But it starts with the heart. Starts with the heart. Does my heart want to fellowship Egypt? Does my heart keep going back there? That's why the word said in Hebrews, they do always err in their heart. Jesus spoke to him, said, You're like whited sepulchres. On the outside, everything looks good, it's clean, it's white, it's nice. But he said, inside, you're full of dead men's bones. 
the Pharisee had stepped out of the way of holiness. They had learned how to do the stuff so that all the outward looked a certain way. But inwardly, they always erred in their heart. We've got to let God deal with our heart. Uh, I'll say it again. Holiness on the inside will show up on the outside. But oftentimes we put focus on the outside and we don't address the inside. It's got to start in our heart. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for your reception of the word tonight. May God bless you richly. And Lord willing, for many of you, we will see you tomorrow night in Union Gap at 730. God bless you. Greet someone before you go. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.